It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, who will be the Raiders quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Out of the gate, JT in studio today with Damon. Bobby's out. Harry Ruiz, thank you. He was in for me yesterday as we're trying to get the voice and the head back on track. Raider Nation, welcome into the flagship of Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders on a big show today. A lot to cover. A lot to cover from the NFL owners' meetings. Uh, Baseball opening day coming up. I'm excited about that. Uh, The NBA playoff push everything that's going on there, and most importantly, the Final Four. So a really good weekend. Next weekend's the Masters. We'll have some golf coverage next week, a tradition unlike any other. But we're going to talk about the Raiders today, the new addition of DeAndre Carter, and what I believe is an offense that is becoming a legit offense. Now, I didn't mention defense, because if I just mention offense and the improvements of the offense, and I think real improvements here, You know, people are coming at me with pitchforks. What about the defense? What about the defense? Relax. I know it's got to be fixed on the defense. I've been doing this 24 years for the Raiders. You don't think I know the holes on the defensive side? You got plenty of time. I got 30 days to kill before the draft. You got plenty of time. I know what the holes are on the defense. Thank you for pointing that out to me. But can we say today, and we're going to do it, we're going to do it, Damon. It's my goal today coming in seeing you here as you look all swole with your UNLV hat ready to go. What we have to do today at some level is we have to get excited about this offense. We have to. Because if we don't get excited at least what's in the cupboard on the offensive side of the ball here, then we've all bleeping lost our mind. We're, we're all done. We're all, we're all whacked out if we can't look at the offense and go, you know something? That's a pretty loaded receiver room now. Now, Raider fans are saying, why'd you add another receiver? Well, because they're adding another receiver. Why does that bother you? (laughs) What's the problem? They're not all going to make the team. They're only going to carry six. They got like seven or eight now. Let those guys figure it out, the GM and the coach. It's kind of like a tryout. There's three really good receivers. One might get traded before the draft. And then you have all these other receivers along with a very good rock-solid quarterback and the leading rusher in the NFL. And two pretty good tight ends. I'm not saying they're better than Darren Waller. Darren Waller's no longer here. But they're pretty good tight ends in Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard that could be serviceable in the blocking game, and they can catch balls. They've proven that over their career. And then the offensive line. I think I know who's on the offensive line. I think I know who's going to start. And I think they have to fill another hole on the offensive line. So as we open up the show today, I think this signing was a serious signing last night of DeAndre Carter from the Chargers because he comes in with the ability 
to be the special teams breakout player that the Raiders need. A guy who can go out there and make plays and be just a phenomenal player on special teams and really change the field and flip the field for the Raiders, something they need. And a guy who can play wide receiver and he's clearly going to make the team and be an impact guy along with Jacoby Myers. So those are good players. Hunter Renthrow on the roster. And then Devontae Adams, who I believe is the best receiver out there. So when you look at all of this combined, as I tweeted out, I'll tell you, Damon, it's it's amazing that I even go on Twitter anymore. It's even amazing I go at JT the Brick because here's the tweet that I sent out last night, and I think it's accurate. I don't tweet anything on purpose that I, I think there's mistakes. I spell check it at least, and I look at what they've done. I said, if you have a rock-solid starting quarterback along with an elite wide receiver and a running back, you should be able to score with any team in the league. Raiders' offense looks pretty good in March, heading into the NFL draft. Now the defense needs to get better ASAP. That is an absolutely perfect tweet. I mean, I don't talk perfection much. That's Nadia Komenich, a 10, off the vault. Let's review the tweet again at JT the Brick. If you have a rock-solid starting quarterback, okay, stop. Jimmy Garoppolo, rock-solid, absolutely. Winner, what, two Super Bowl rings, Plays in NFC Championship games and beats Aaron Rodgers. You're agreeing with me, right? Demond, that's a good start to the tweet. Rock solid is the yeah, perfect okay. compliment. Now let's go, let's go from there. Along with an elite wide receiver. Let's stop there. Devontae Adams, an elite wide receiver? The best. Okay. And a running back. You should be able to score with any team in the league. What did I say on all that that was inaccurate? Nothing. Thank you. Oh, you didn't read the responses. Oh, I'll get to the responses. Oh, you're laughing. Are you reading them? Oh, they're beauties. They're beauties. So I said the Raider offense looks pretty good in March. Damon, would I be fair to say the Raider offense looks pretty good? Pretty darn pretty, good. Pretty darn good. Not, not saying top five, but it looks pretty good. And now the defense needs to get better ASAP. So you're looking at some of those responses. Uh, I'll, I'll read a few if you want to read a few. So, uh, you know. Here's one. Bo knows 34. I agree, but if Raider fans couldn't use the word but now, I don't know what they'd say. I agree, but Jimmy G's durability history will be very interesting. Okay, that's fair. Got to hope that Jimmy G stays healthy. Um, Here's another one. True, but you haven't factored in that it's far too late adding a defensive ASAP player in free agency. Fair. Fair response. So let me counter that response. Dave Ziegler did not want to go out in free agency and overspend on defense. Everybody good with that? Everybody on the same page with that? Dave Ziegler told that to Q. He told it to Eddie Pascal. He told it to Tashawn Reed, Vic Tafer. He's told it to me privately, in person, socially in person. I knew all that. Okay? So uh, here's Big Daddy, Papa. J22, JT, I would still like the Raiders to upgrade their O-line if they really want to increase their ability to score by being more impactful in the running and passing game. Excellent response. I would like to see the Raiders get a starting offensive lineman. Um, Here's Decade. He says, Raiders' offense looks identical. There, I fixed your tweet, JT. So, okay. Does it look identical? I'll even give that one a pass because there are a lot of Raider fans that think Jimmy Garoppolo is a lateral move from Derek Carr. Oh, here's Jack Sandler who tweets at JT the Brick. So, nothing has changed. 
Just management has swapped out a productive offensive piece for other productive pieces who are their guys and still didn't fix the D. That really, this tweet from Jack Sandler, it's kind of perfect why I've been getting thrown into the tumbler, washer, dryer every day mentally. The guy, Jack Sandler, couldn't just look at the tweet and say, you know, JT's tweet's pretty accurate. A rock-solid quarterback. Now they got to work on the D. They're, They're pretty good. But no, everyone wants to question that they didn't fix the defense. So all I can say, here's Ryan. Take a knee, 87. Raiders win March. Yay. (laughs) Okay? So this is what I deal with every day. Every day. So everybody's got a wise-ass answer for everything that's out there, which is kind of fun. It's sports radio. A bunch of wise-asses. I'm a wise-ass from time to time here. I get all that. So today, as we look at the show today, here's my call to action. I just want to talk about the offense today. Is everybody good with that for the show? I got Bill Williamson coming up, a longest Raider insider. You got a baseball guest, Rob Dibble from the Nasty Boys, World Series champ. And then the phones are open most of the day. And I got to give Raider fans now something specific every day to call on because it's the dead zone. It's the offseason. Man, this is really dead heading into the draft. But luckily, the Raiders have a high draft pick, so we're going to have a lot of content here. So I don't want to talk about Robert Spillane today or Marcus Epps what they did on defense with David Long Jr., Uh, the players that they have, Jordan Willis, John Jenkins, all the players that they have, Duke Shelley on defense, Nate Hobbs' ability to play inside and out. Today I have one rule on a show that normally doesn't have rules. Today only we're going to talk about the offense. And I want some people to push back at me live on the radio on what the hell's wrong with this offense. Okay? Because if you're that negative... And you don't think there's something good here on offense. Not great. Good. We need to talk. Or your voice needs to be heard, and I need to understand your philosophy of what's not going right on offense. Now, let me give me my premise for the show today. I'm really excited about the fact that they got DeAndre Carter, Devontae Adams, Cam Sims. Keelan Cole was productive at times. They brought in Philip Dorsett, and as of today, Hunter Renfro is on this team. And I feel like Hunter Renfrew's going through the TV show Survivor, right? Every day, is Hunter going to be here? Is Hunter going to be here? I hope Hunter's here. Hunter's a hell of a player. He's one of the great slot receivers, young ones in the league. And he should fit the system well because Josh McDaniels worked well in the system. You know, this is the system of Josh McDaniels. I talked to a Raiders Hall of Famer, not Fred Bolitnikoff, who I talk to every day. But I called a Raiders Hall of Famer on the way to the show today. I pulled up into Pete's Coffee. I haven't been feeling well. I got myself a tea. I'm driving in, and I have on my Rolodex, luckily, a lot of Raider Hall of Famers, and he picked up. I said, what was it like? You played with Jim Plunkett when he came here. He said, we didn't expect anything from Jim. I go, elaborate on this. I want to put this in the monologue. He said, well, when Jim came here, he was battered and bruised, exact terms. He was beat up. Mr. Davis took him and parked him has basically parked him and said, Jim, you're just going to take a year to get healthy. Well, Dan Pastorini broke his leg. Jim got thrown in and then became one of the most iconic Raiders of all time. Now, I'd be ridiculous if I would compare Jimmy Garoppolo to the great Jim Plunkett. But the Hall of Famer told me, he said, there are so many similarities. I said, ooh, what are they? Well, no one believed in Jim at that level when he came here. And Jim was basically an afterthought And then Jim got a chance, and Jim turned out to be a legend. I said, okay. 
what comparisons could I make to Jimmy Garoppolo? He said, well, the similarity with Jimmy Garoppolo is last year he got injured. They parked him, right? They could have brought him back. They really could have. If Purdy, Purdy was taken over and Purdy played well. But Jimmy Garoppolo was really close to coming back and probably could have came back, and they chose not to. So they parked Jimmy Garoppolo last year. He rehabbed on the dime of the 49ers, right? The Niners rehabbed him. And then he's had a whole offseason, and he's going to have several more months off to be completely healthy. Now, can he be Jim Plunkett? Probably not. Jim won two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP. But there are similarities to where Plunkett was, battered and bruised, to where Jimmy Garoppolo is now. And here was the hook to the conversation with the Hall of Famer at the end, who did not want to be told his name on the radio. I'm always honest. This is how I, I, I talk to you. He said that you got to put this to bed on the radio, JT, because you got to get these fans to stop thinking Jimmy G's going to get hurt. That's not fair. That's from a Hall of Famer who played and got a gold jacket. You have got to bury this topic, JT. You cannot go through every day assuming Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. If he gets hurt, then it's going to take over your radio show. Quote, that's what he told me. If he gets hurt, not when, if, that'll be the topic of your show. And I go, yeah, you're right. So he goes, you got to bury that topic now. You cannot give the fans, you cannot give them the leash to continue to talking about Jimmy G might, air quotes, get hurt. I think that's a good point because I'm not a Hall of Famer. I don't have a gold jacket. You know, I'm in the Black Hole Hall of Fame, you know, first ever in the Black Hole Hall of Fame. I'm in the Geneseo State University Hall of Fame, but I'm not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that came from a Hall of Famer who played in the Plunkett era and was there for Jim Plunkett sitting on the bench and sitting in the training room. And Jim Plunkett won two of these franchises, three Super Bowls. Okay? Back then, there was no sports radio that was at this level. There was no Twitter. There was, really, there was no internet. So Jim Plunkett didn't have to drive in his car to work every day hearing the fans on his own flagship station taking him out, saying, oh, Jim Plunkett will never do it. Jim Plunkett, why do we have Jim Plunkett? Oh, my God, Pastorini broke his leg. we got to go with Jim Plunkett? All he did was get his ass kicked in San Francisco. They cut him. They cut him in San Francisco. And this is what I'm dealing with with Jimmy G. I'm like, we welcome him in on the show. They go out and give him a really good offense. They're giving him all these weapons. He's clearly not a better. He's a much better red zone quarterback than Derek Carr. This is all about red zone. Derek Carr, very good quarterback. Not Jimmy G in the red zone. Not the completion percentage. Not the victories. Not the ability with the footwork. We all know that Derek really struggled with his footwork. Right? Sometimes some happy feet in the pocket. None of that with Jimmy G. As in none. No, none of that. But Derek might turn out to win a Super Bowl with New Orleans and play great. We don't know. So today I want to talk about the offense. And what is your fair criticism of what's left? And you're probably going to say the offensive line. Well, they're going to stick with Andre Dames, Dylan Parham, and Colton Miller. That's not going to change. The whole left side of the offensive line as of today is going to be Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, and Andre James at the center. That's pretty good. They led the league in rushing. They led the league in rushing. The coach is supposed to get them better in the offseason in pass protection. Let them coach. Let them coach them up to a higher level. Right side, we got a problem. Need a right guard? Not thrilled with the right tackles? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not big fans. I like Brandon Parker as a person. Illuminor, 
Munford, okay. I'd rather have a pro bowler out there. Rather get one, but I don't want to burn a draft pick to go get one. Can't. Because as we're going to be talking about the rest of the month, is that, to me, and I don't know if I'm accurate, but this is just my opinion, every pick should be a defensive pick. Do you agree with that? I have a fan telling me, well, we got to get a tight end early. Are you nuts? <laughs> you need four defensive starters. Four. So I would think you're going to get three defensive starters with your first three picks in the first, second, and third round. And I think they're going to trade up maybe to get two second rounders. All three of those guys on defense start. Now all of a sudden you add those three, one, two, three, and you add them to Chandler Jones, four, Max Crosby, five, Marcus Epps, six, Robert Spillane, seven. And then you look around here, Nate Hobbs, eight, and you play with 11 players, right? Then all of a sudden you're looking at two or three more players. If you want to go with Faison, if you want to go with one of these other young quarterback uh, corners on the other side, which I don't. I'd like to see a new cornerback and a free agent cornerback. They got your free agent, Marcus Epps, at safety. So just talking offense today, if you are a critic and a Raider fan, which is fair, you got a great fan base here, notorious, notorious fan base, what bleeping problem do you have with this offense in March? Devontae, Jacoby Myers, Colton Miller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Jakob Johnson, Jimmy Garoppolo, DeAndre Carter, Cam Sims, Philip Dorsett, Keelan Cole. What's the problem? Seriously, like, why, why, why is everybody freaking out that the offense is toast? That's a pretty good offense. I think that's a top 10 offense with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. That's going out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. Defense needs a total overhaul. You won't hear any complaint from me, but we're not talking defense today. We're talking offense today. So, the number is 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. What is your fair criticism of this offense so far in regards to what Dave Ziegler has done? Let's see if we can get some fair criticism and analysis from the great Raider fans who call this show. And if there's a hole, you want to bring up the hole, I just did it right guard. If you want to bring up another hole, please do it. But if this offense doesn't at least make you intrigued that they can go out there and do a couple of things, I'd be shocked. Is this offense as good as last year's? Yeah, I think it is. Darren Waller wasn't available. Hunter Renfro wasn't available. Devontae had a great year. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. They're all back. They added Jacoby Myers, who's a really good player, DeAndre Carter, and all the depth that they have at wide receiver. I can tell you right now, the wide receiver room, as of today, is deeper than it was last year with Matt Collins and the other receivers that they had. This is a better receiving room than last year, and we're only sitting here in the month of March heading into April. So that's all I got today. Because, you know, I came in here today and I said, we got to really focus the show here. we got to kind of quietly shut down this Jimmy G topic. That Jimmy, Not that Jimmy G's not the man. You might not like Jimmy Garoppolo. You might like Carr better. I have no problem with that. But to assume that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to play every snap... That Hall of Famer told me, you got to assume that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play every snap. And if he doesn't, then your radio show is going to go down that path. And I agree that's where we should be. But we need to wake up this fan base. We need to get some positivity in here, only if it's, only if it's fair. 
This isn't spin, by the way. I'm telling you what you, I think. I believe this is a really good offense on paper right now today. I'm, I'm happy with this offense right now, and they're not done. They got the draft coming up, but I'm also a guy that doesn't want to spend any equity at all on the draft on offense, like none. Okay, I don't want to see an offensive player called. I don't want to see a quarterback. Uh, I don't want to see a tight end. Offensive lineman, absolutely, but not early. Not early because it's going to be hard for me to sit behind the mic and go, well, they passed on a defensive tackle in a corner in the third round and took what, a guard? Okay, (laughs) that guard better be pretty good. So that's what I'm opening up the show with. And again, it's been a little bit lame and quiet around here, at least in this time slot because – you know, you're not being pushed enough. You're not being called out enough for, you know, the lunatics on the fringe who claim to be Raider fans and they are just crucifying this team every day. And you don't have the right to do that on the offensive side of the ball. If you do, call me and it won't be combative. You'll have time to talk. And I want to know what you think about the offense and the job that these gentlemen did in the offseason to make really tough moves. The toughest one, getting rid of Derek Carr, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I believe is an upgrade. Not much. They're both similar, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo has proven he's a better quarterback when he's rolling and he's healthy than Derek Carr, by a little. And then I love what they did with this wide receiver room. I love what they did. They franchise tagged Josh Jacobs. All indications are with Josh Jacobs that he's going to get a contract. We'll see. It's a business here. They got a lot of business to do via the draft. And then, as I've said with Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody else, uh, why don't we welcome in DeAndre Carter? Why don't we welcome in DeAndre Carter and talk about the addition that he brings to this team, which is a high-quality player, high-quality player who can come in. Last year, DeAndre Carter played all 17 games, had 46 receptions on 65 targets for 538 yards and three touchdowns. He had 538 yards on a team that had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, who touches the ball pretty much on every other play. That's pretty good production from Carter here. So I think that when we look at DeAndre Carter added to this wide receiver room, you know he's going to make the team because he's a special team standout. How are you going to feel about DeAndre Carter on third? He torched the Raiders in the first game. I know you all saw that game. So when you look at what DeAndre Carter can do on third and six, I keep imagining this. Close your eyes unless you're driving. Third and six. Third and six, Josh Jacobs by himself in the backfield. No fullback. It's Josh Jacobs by himself. Devontae left. Jacoby next to him in the slot on the left. Hunter in the slot on the right. And DeAndre Carter wide. How do you not get a first down on third and six? Jimmy Garoppolo, looking left, looking right, pump faking, coming back. Someone's going to be wide open. That is the Patriots offense that Josh McDaniel was the architect of. He's got the quarterback that he's more confident with now who can read the defenses and be better with his selection in the passing game. He's got as good weapons as he had last year. And on top of that, he's got the leading rusher in the NFL that no one thought he'd be the leading rusher in the NFL last year. I'm really high on the fact that Josh Jacobs – can carry the load of this team, heavy, where I wasn't last year. I never thought that Josh Jacobs was going to lead the league in rushing. I know he's a good back, but I didn't think he'd lead the league. Now he's got. To, he's going to be here. He's still playing for a contract. He's still running downhill with an offensive line that led the league in rushing. 
So as you can tell, I'm optimistic about this offense. I'm not putting it up there with Montana and Rice. It's not, you know, the Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith triplets. But I think it's a very good offense on paper right now. And let's talk about that, if you want to, in a positive way. If you have a criticism with it, let's get in here and tell me where I'm thinking wrong. 702-365-9200 as the owners' meetings. Uh, we have a lot of content from the owners' meeting. Q talk to the GM. Uh, Eddie Pascal, everybody at Raiders.com. There's a lot of content up there. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor is coming on with me tomorrow to talk about all of this. So all the content that came out of the owners' meeting seems to be everybody trying to explain what happened last year. And I'm going to get to that coming up next. The owner talked about what he thinks he's let everybody down with with not enough wins. The head coach has been critical of himself and his evaluation. Been a lot of people clearing the air. I mean, if you look at the Athletic and Vic and Tashawn and all the people, they're getting everybody on the record telling you what I've been telling you. I talk to Mark Davis all the time. I know he's upset about what's happened. But these guys, their job at the owner's meeting is to sit down with the owner, and they all did a good job trying to figure out what the owner thinks going forward as the owner has backed the general manager and the head coach. So that's where we are as I'm back in studio. Damon is here with me. Uh, hope to hear from you today and get your opinion on this. Offense only today. That's only the rules. Give me your offensive grade in the offseason and where this team is on offense on paper. Is it an A, B, C, I can't imagine anybody being ridiculous saying it's a D. You could say that about the defense. But I'd love to know where you think the offense is right now as it looks like they're pretty much done. I don't see a lot more happening. I mean, I don't think they're going to bring in another receiver. I mean, Damon, you think uh, you think the receiver room is pretty full right now? You'd be shocked if, if another receiver, like DeAndre Hopkins, if they were able to trade and put a package together to get DeAndre Hopkins, would you be good with that? I'd be good with it, but the room's stacked right now. Right, you just room's said stacked. It. The room's stacked. There's no need for a DeAndre Hopkins. And the running back room's pretty stacked, right? Yeah, I, they're bringing back everybody from last year. Stacked as well. Right. So, I, I don't know. The only thing that's not stacked is the entire offensive line. So, with the offensive line, I think they can get a good offensive lineman in the draft. Someone similar to Dylan Parham, you know, who they were able to get, who's now a starting player in this league at left guard and can play center. I think they could find that same type of player at right guard. And I think when a lot of these other teams get their rosters down to 53, that there'll be an offensive lineman released near the end of camp. But I I got that wrong last year. I got that wrong last year because I thought last year they were going to get a player of that magnitude, and they decided to stick it out with these young guns. And these young guns would be pretty good, and they develop them. And to their credit, they have developed some of these offensive linemen I would just be kind by saying they're serviceable. They're serviceable. They're not elite. They're not great, but they're serviceable, and they got to get better at that position. Sullivan in San Francisco, thanks for starting us off. What's happening? Sullivan, yup, go ahead. Start us off. All right, he's not there. <laughs> it's a beautiful start of the day. Bobby's out sick. Uh, DeMond's in. We'll get the phones going on. We'll get the phone ghosts going. And we'll hear from you on the other side. 702-365-9200. Is he there? He said he is there. Yes, he is. That was my fault on the name. You're That's up. Okay, go ahead. What's happening? Elvin from San Francisco, JT. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, thanks for the call. I'm giving the offensive grade so far an A, an A minus. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Classes in session. To- an A minus yeah. out of the gate. Okay, why? 
the way I look at it, like I said before, Jimmy Garoppolo, not quite as good on paper as a quarterback as Derek Carr, but he's going to be better in this offense. He's going to get the ball out, and we're going to score better in the red zone. We've upgraded the wide receiver room from last year, uh, bringing in Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Best running back in the NFL. Yep. Tag that with the best wide receiver in the NFL. And imagine this. I'm all for just drafting the best player available. I actually don't care if it's offense or defense. But just imagine hypothetically if we drafted just a stud offensive tackle. How can anyone argue? I mean a tackle that comes in right away and, and starts and is dominant. With Colton Miller, a stud starting tackle, how are we not top three, top five best offenses in the NFL? That's, because that's my note well, today. Be, because and I, I, you, I know you, your memory is good because we drafted a stud offensive lineman, and I'm not gonna. I have enough respect for Alex Leatherwood to say he's not a bust, but he's a very good. He got. He was a great. He was the Outland Trophy winner. He, they reached for him at 17, but he was a first round, early second round offensive lineman. And it really put this franchise back, along with Damon Arnett and a lot of other picks. So if you're going to take an offensive lineman at number seven, I'm assuming you're talking about the first pick, and you're passing up on some defensive studs the way this defense looks. I don't like that move. What if he's a, what if he's a for, for sure fire lock? You can't say that about any defender, though. A defender could be a bust, too. Jalen Carter could come out yeah. slow, not what we think it is. What, what if they think it's a for sure pro bowler, he's going to be – our dominant tackle for the next 10 years. Well, I mean, again, I I would I don't think you have to do that in this draft because if you want to do that, then you're not going defense, best available defensive player early. And if you don't do that, then I, I'm not going to see much of a path for this defense to get better. That's all I'm saying. I think they'll I think they're going to have a really good draft. Dave Ziegler Patrick Graham, who was the head coach down there at the Senior Bowl, the entire staff, they've been working their ass off. Champ, they're out there looking for everybody. I think they're going to have a really good defensive draft, but you could throw a really big curveball at me by taking an offensive player early, a quarterback or an offensive lineman or a tight end in the second and third round when you have this much of a cleanup project on defense. That's just my opinion, but again... They could have a completely different one if that player's there. Appreciate you calling in to start the show. That's all we're looking for today is your opinion on this offense on paper because I have the entire offense right here on paper. Every player, every single player, and every depth position. And I think it's pretty good on offense. I think they got the best punter in the league and the best kicker. That's pretty good, too. They should score points. You add the kicker, Daniel Carlson, who scores more points than Devontae, He's the leading scorer on the team. I think the Raiders' offense is going to score good points with this team. Top 10 right here. Top 10. Could it go top 5? Yeah, it could. But I think in the top 10, I think we should be comfortable with that. And we only know the defense has got to get better because they have a full draft coming up, and the full draft is going to be key. That whole monologue, 31 minutes, brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. Anywhere you go in the Valley, just look to your left, right, straight ahead, or you just passed it. There's a PT's, 64 locations, the SG Bar, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, a great happy hour, especially proud partners of the Vegas Golden Knights. If you want to watch hockey, they know how to do it better than anybody. JT, good to be back in studio. Bill Williamson in 15 minutes. We haven't really had any time to talk about it. I was just saying that, you know, at some point we'll get a chance once, you know, the offseason program actually starts. Uh, to sit down and, and talk about what he's learned, you know, which is 
obviously going to be significant. You know what I mean? He's been away for a long time and um, learned from a, a really good football coach who I have a great deal of respect for. So um, we'll kind of piece it together once we're able to, to get together and talk football. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. All right, JT, back with you as we continue on. Let's keep it rolling here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. Bobby's out today. Demand's in for him as we continue on. I just bumped into in the hallway here at Lotus Broadcasting, uh, Tom Hum. Tom Hum's a legendary program director. He's on our team here and. I was talking to him. His brother, David Hum, was a tremendous partner of mine on the pre- and post-game show. David, you know, the impact David had on Vegas. And he says, what's the topic, JT? And I said, Tom, we're talking offense today. And a little glimmer in his eye. And he says, what do you think? And I said, well, it's kind of like a good meal. We're going to enjoy a nice steak and glass of wine today. We're going to be positive on the offense, right? I think it's like when you have a good meal afterwards, if you like a cigar or an after-dinner drink. You look at this offense and you say, not, not bad. I don't look at the offense and say, not bad. No, I think it's pretty good. I think it's one of the better offenses in football. Is it Kansas City? No. You know, is it Buffalo with Josh Allen? No, but it's got a better running back. They got a better wide receiver. They got a lot of things that are good. Obviously, Jimmy G is going to be the key to all that. Jimmy G's got to make it hum, uh, but Jimmy G should be able to do that. He should be very familiar with this. You know, Kyle Shanahan had a funny comment about him at the owners' meeting. Someone asked if they had a conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo, if Kyle Shanahan, his former head coach, talked to him and he said he just smirked and laughed and said you'd have to bump into him to talk to him. Like Jimmy G, from what I hear, goes dark. I mean, really dark. Like you don't know where he is. He just lives his life. You know, he's not Aaron Rodgers on radio every week and Aaron Rodgers who wants all this attention. Jimmy G's just going to go out there and play quarterback and hopefully he is ready to go. John, start us off uh, this segment. Appreciate you coming on. What's happening? Yeah, JT. Yeah, I just said... Uh... I'll give my grade a, a B, a solid B in the offense. Um, I still think that they probably, like you said, need some help on the interior offensive line. But I still would go with the caveat they should draft the best available player in the first uh, 100, um, 100 uh, picks. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a defensive heavy draft, so the best available player will probably be a defensive player. But uh, you know, I, still, I still think if they could, you know, if they could really think that, that when these offensive players drop and they can really upgrade, I think they ought to uh, go after it instead of you know going for a defensive player at me. Yeah, see, I don't agree with you on that, but I respect your opinion. I don't think in the first hundred picks that they should be taking anything other than defense and someone who's going to start and not be developed. The coaches get paid to develop these guys. That's what they did outstanding with the Patriots, but they need to have three guys in the first 100 picks who could come in here and start on defense, immediately start and contribute to this team's turnaround on defense. Yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely understand your philosophy, but if, um, you know, if there's a guy who ends up dropping, who, who could possibly be an all-pro. Okay. Um, you know, you know that, that other things will figure themselves out. All right. I, again, I appreciate your phone call. That's what I asked for. Thank you very much. 702-365-9200. I am not Dave Ziegler. He's much smarter than me when it comes to drafting football players. This is his second draft as a GM, the first one. It kind of jumped on him quickly because he didn't have a first and second round pick. This is Dave's first full draft. And I think that the needs are so heavy on defense at linebacker, defensive tackle, and corner 
that in those first three picks, the picks they have up until 100, that third-round pick that they got for Darren Waller, I think they have to go three for three, DeMond. Three for three. That means three guys get drafted. You have a press conference. You got 11 guys drafted. You take three of them. You put them up on the podium. And you say, these are our first three picks. And they're all on defense. And they're ready to start. And they start in OTAs, and you plug them right in. Yeah, that's something that I've been asking fans and guests that when we ha- when we talk to them is, how many starters do you think that they need to draft on defense for you to feel comfortable going into the season? For me, the number is three. Mm. So if they can get three starters, it's, I feel comfortable. I, feel, I like what they did in the draft. If those guys are – if they have at least three guys day one, they're going to be starting on the defense. I don't, I don't see how they don't. That's the good thing. I don't even see how they don't. And even if they miss on one of them or he's not as good, I don't care. I want to see him play. Right, I want to see him start, and they'll be able to figure that out. Look, if they take a high draft pick on defense, and that guy isn't ready to play opening day, and they run him through the drills in the preseason, and he's not where they need to be, there's going to be criticism. These guys got to be ready to play, and that's the pressure and the analysis that goes into the job. I'm very confident that Dave Ziggler is going to have those players that are available, but I'd be shocked in the second round if they take a tight end. We know that's a need. But I would, uh, I would doubt that they do that. But I'm just guessing here. Dustin in Northern California, you're up next on the flagship. What's happening? Hey, JT, how's it going, man? Doing good, thank you. Say I am sick and tired of supposed fans critiquing and criticizing like they, like because they played Madden on franchise mode. They're experts. They don't watch tape. They don't have a job in professional football. I freak out enough during the regular season and can be negative during those losses. Life's too short to hate on the team that I love during the offseason. Winning in March does not result in winning during the season. And uh, I wanted Rodgers. I wanted Lamar. But those were unrealistic moves that would have, frankly, set us back overall. I'll take Jimmy. Jimmy, had, if he hadn't gotten hurt last year in that freak accident, he would have taken the 49ers to the Super Bowl. He would still be on that team. Bill Belichick drafted him. The freaking Patriots, who I hate, drafted him. They're successful. They know what they're doing. Kyle Shanahan and coveted him and traded for him. I cannot wait to see him take the field next year and step up into offense with these great playmakers. We have the number one wide receiver in the league. We have the number one running back in the league. With Jimmy G, we can go to the playoffs. We can make this team successful. I am so excited to see what happens next year, man. Good. That's why I did the monologue. I wanted to take some calls like that. We're not sugarcoating it at all today. We're just trying to evaluate the offense on paper. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. As I look at the calendar here, March 29th, already March 29th, And I'm looking at this offense and the depth chart saying, all right, not bad. I think it's a good offense. I could live with this offense right now. Live with this right now. Throw this offense out opening day, and I'll be confident that Jimmy G and this offense can go in a shootout and score against anybody. Maybe not Kansas City, but pretty much everybody else. I would put these players up there. I think they're that good. Bill Williamson always has a critical analysis of the Raiders because he's been covering the Raiders longer than anybody I know. He's part of our insider network. He'll join us up here. He's got a lot of fresh content out, uh, owners' meetings wrapping up, and he'll have a lot to say coming up on the other side. 702-365-9200. Good day today to be on the radio as owners' meetings into the draft all month long. We're brought to you by Resorts World. Scott Sabella, the president, had a vision, and he nailed it at Doghouse with the sports book. You go to Resorts World, go to Doghouse Saloon, to make your bets and watch sports. You'll love it. What a great room inside Resorts World. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. 
JT back with you as we continue on talking offense today and looking at this entire offense and you want to give it a grade. More people are comfortable calling in with a, a grade. If you're more comfortable doing that, I think the offense is pretty good. They added DeAndre Carter. Uh, with DeAndre Carter, I think all of a sudden the, the, the wide receiver room seven deep now. They're only going to carry six as I bring in the great Bill Williamson covering the Raiders for a very long time. And Bill, yeah, I want to specify the offense here because I'm looking at it and I think it's pretty good. I, I don't say it's completely loaded, but with all the depth that they have, especially with the leading rusher, Jimmy G, in this receiver's room, how do you think they've improved this offense in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, you can certainly say that it's good on paper, but I think you say it's, it was good on paper last year. Um, it, it's certainly different. I, I think the receiving core is, is uh, better, but I think the tight end group is worse. Um, offensive line's about the same. Running back's really good. Quarterback's you know, depends on how you look at it. Probably a little less talented. But the key, I think, is Josh McDaniels. Um, this is what he wants. This is, We all know that he's all about his system. Um, he feels more comfortable with guys who are in his system, who, who are comfortable in his system, who have been in his system, and he has more of that this year. So that's why I think it has a chance to be more effective because he is more he's going to be more comfortable. Is it more talented? I don't know. Can it handle a lot of injuries? I don't know. Will it be better? I don't know. But I think it's going to be about close to the same. But the key is he's going to be – his play should work better because it's guys that he's more comfortable operating in. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And, again, because Waller wasn't available and Hunter was out – with multiple injuries last year, and assuming this group stays healthy, you got to assume that. I can't not assume they're going to be healthy. So assuming they're going to be healthy, with your analysis and knowing these quarterbacks, what should Jimmy G be able to do much better? Not better than Derek in the red zone, but much better, which has given Jimmy G the opportunity in the past, in the past to be a very good red zone touchdown thrower and decision maker. What do you see? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, throughout the field, I think it's just a better connection, extension of Josh McDaniels. I, again, I know I just talked about that, but I really think that's the key. And that's why the change is made. I mean, would, you know, if you counted 32 teams and asked them who would you rather their quarterback be in 2023, Carr or Garoppolo, they'd probably more pick Carr, but he wouldn't, and that's the key. So I think it's just... There was a disconnect there. We saw that, right? And, you know, we've all heard the stories, but we saw it on the field during those 15 games that Derek Carr was Josh McDaniels' quarterback. That just didn't work. Well, I think it may work a little better this this time. Will it be to much more better results? Will it be more explosive? I don't know. I mean, look at Jimmy. I, I think Jimmy is a little underrated. I think mm-hmm. he gets a little too much flack. Um, but... This defense doesn't look over that much improved. So the point is that they're going to have to score a lot of points. Yeah. Can Jimmy be that gunslinger? Give me the ball every every uh, possession, and it's going to work, and I'm going to get it done. I don't know. Um, so that's why I, I kind of just expect it to be more of the same results with a little different Bill Williamson covers the Raiders for SB Nation. Also, all of his content at silverandblackpride.com. 
You see, I got to think it's going to be a lot better for the one reason you're bringing up. Josh McDaniels has to be more aggressive with this playbook because the comfort that he has with Jimmy G makes him run the playbook, I think, a little bit more elaborate than he did with Carr. So if I'm right with that, Bill, and again, I don't know what's going to happen, but if I'm right assuming that Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels are going to have a better work relationship with this playbook, how much more aggressive does the play caller have to be? Because at times... They had big leads, and they weren't aggressive with the playbook. I think a lot of it had to do with the lack of confidence he had with Carr with the durability of this playbook and knowing how to run it inside and out. Yeah, and I think it's the efficiency of the playbook as well, you know, as much as aggressiveness. Because I don't, you know, Jimmy's an efficient guy. So I think that, and then so Josh will be more comfortable running certain plays, and that's, certainly in, in the red zone. But, yeah, this is ju- this is all on Josh, too. He has a lot of pressure on himself. He has to have a good year. I don't think he had a good year last year either. You know, you could say Carr didn't have a good year. I don't know if Josh had a good year. Um, so he's going to have to have a good year, and he's put himself in position to increase those chances with the players that he wants in there, with Jimmy and, and Jacoby Myers and such. Bill Williams says to wrap it up, I said I wasn't going to talk defense, but we're going to talk to you in a few weeks and have a couple of hits with you before the draft. Look, I saw you do a feature on the tight end position, and it's really well thought out, and you look at other positions. I just can't see him wasting a pick, even on a good tight end, if there's a defensive player best on the board available. I mean, what are we talking about here? they got to get four or five new defensive starters in here at some point with free agency, which I don't think they did, and especially leaning on the draft. So if they do see a guard or a right tackle or a tight end that looks like it's the right guy, do you think they'll take that guy or they're going to really help out Patrick Graham and get him some defensive help? Well, you know, I guess the word waste is in the eye of the beholder, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can say, you can use that same term the way they spent their salary cap of them this year. It's like they could have used some of that on defense and they didn't. Um you know, as much as offense. So it, it just all depends. I mean, they have a lot of needs. They have 12 picks. Um, it's going to be interesting how they use that capital. Most of it's in day three. Um, you know, will they end up with 12 picks? Will they end up with 15 picks? Will they end up with eight picks? I don't, you know, who knows? But, yeah, they certainly have defensive pressing, defensive needs in the draft. And But there is still some at, at on the offensive side. And at tight end, you know, they got Hooper and Howard, but they're both on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. So they got to get some youth there at tight end, and this is a really deep tight end class. So with that being said, is maybe you don't have to pick num- use number 38 on, on a tight end, but maybe you can number 100, which they got for Waller, or, you know, parlay something in an early fourth round and, and get a quality tight end. I mean, it, the 2000, it's interesting, 2019 class, uh, tight end class was considered deep, and Foster Moreau was part of that, and he got he was drafted in the fourth round. So that's kind of where I'm thinking mm-hmm. that, that may fall for the for the Raiders at tight end. Yeah, and if you do take a tight end in the fourth round, what's he going to do? Is he going to be a great player? No, a first round, second round tight end is going to be probably better than a fourth round. So you're talking at least, Bill, about a developmental player. And as much as I want to see them develop all these players. I'm trying to fill in with starters, and if they draft the tight end in the fourth round, he's not going to start, and that's going to be another year of developing a player like that instead of getting a free agent tight end maybe next year. That's what I think is really intriguing about the draft. How many guys do you believe, last one with about a minute to go, that they can bring in after the second round 
that are developmental players? Do they really want to develop players long-term, or do they want to win now by really rocking out that defense with starters? Well, I think there's so many ways to answer this, but I think the way they handle free agency is that they're in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. They're not – they're not looking to they, – they don't currently think they can be serious contenders. That's how I've read this. Okay. Uh, maybe it's wrong. Everybody has a chance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you look – I thought about last year's draft class. I mean, what do they get out of their draft class other than, than Adams and a, you know, marginal a starter in Parham? I think every NFL team has to look at it realistically mm-hmm. over the course of history – that for the for that upcoming year, you're not going to get a ton of production. You might get lucky, you might get lottery tickets, but realistically, what did the Raiders get out of that draft other than Parham taking Adams out of the picture because he's a better? Not much for last year. Yeah, I think you have to look at it the same way this year, and not because it's the Raiders, because just because it's the draft, and that's why most of the draft capital is in the last. Day. It's eight. They have, two, they have a league high twelve picks, but eight of them are from the fifth round on, or fourth round on. With three of them in, in the fifth round, that's why you need maybe push it up. Yep. You know, and that's you know people aren't that excited about the Waller trade. Well, at least you got a third round. You got a, you know a second day pick out of that. Um, I think anything after a hun- pick a hundred, maybe pick eighty, you don't know what you're going to get from that player as a rookie. Absolutely, Bill. We'll talk to you in two weeks and start getting your draft analysis. Thanks, my friend. Look forward to it. Take care. You got it. Bill Williamson, uh, Raider Insider, 26, seven years. Been doing it a long time. So that's what's going to be fascinating here. You know, the developmental process, that's the Patriot way. That's the way it's worked beautifully for that team. Draft, park the guys, develop them, have them do their job. They're playing in the AFC Divisional. They're playing in the AFC Championship game. They're getting Super Bowl rings. But that process took a long time with Bill Belichick as the head coach and Tom Brady at the quarterback. Good, solid first hour of the show. We're still getting your dra- your grades of the offseason on offense. I'm very optimistic today. I like this offense. I think this offense can compete, which means every game they play, every game they play, wherever they get the ball, on their own 25, on their own five at midfield, every time they get it, they can threaten to score. That's what you need with an offense. I think the Raiders have that on paper now. It could get better. But I think right now it's a very competitive offense. And we're covering the offense today on the flagship of the Silver and Black.